Let's get back into Culture Shift on this hot Tuesday, June 9th, here in Metro Detroit. I'm Ryan Patrick Hooper. Got the family dance party ahead at 1.40. We're going to dive into some great music. Also say farewell to Bonnie Pointer of the Pointer Sisters in just a moment. But right now, I'm joined in studio by our own Amanda LeClaire. Hello, Amanda. Hey, good afternoon, Ryan. Uh, And it is uh, with a heavy heart that we are starting off this hour of the show. Uh, Over the weekend, I got a call uh, about the sudden passing of one of our regular contributors here, uh, Corey Hall. Sorry, break it a little little emotional. Uh, He was a longtime contributor and friend of the show. Passed away suddenly at the age of 43. He had these witty, acerbic, thoughtful film reviews that were a regular part of each week's Metro Times for many years. And it was not unusual to find him performing uh, at stages, uh, stand-up comedy around Metro Detroit. Years ago, he was one of the co-hosts of the First Friday Film Forum. It was a monthly segment on Detroit Today. Uh, In recent years, he's been a semi-regular guest here on Culture Shift talking about cinema with me. Uh, You're not supposed to have favorites in this business, but he was one of my favorite, favorite people to interview. Uh, this morning, I got to sit down with former WDET culture reporter Rob St. Mary and former Metro Times movie critic Jeff Myers to talk about Corey's life and his work. Uh, Jeff and Corey, for those who may not remember, were sort of like the Siskel and Ebert of Detroit cinema writers. Uh, so here's Jeff and Rob. I think Corey was the funnier of the two of us. <laughs> um, and I think that came naturally for him because... You know, he was a stand-up comic as well, and um, I think you know it was it was inevitable that he was going to infuse that in his reviews. I think that he couldn't, you know, he was always looking for an opportunity for a joke, and um, and there are a lot of movies that provide that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He, um, in terms of the stand-up career, um, I mean, I know that he became at least in the last few years, when David Tell would come to town and he would play Mark Ridley's, uh, Corey would often be the MC or he would be the guy who would open right before David Tell. And I remember him just being so sort of proud of that, that here's this, you know, major stand-up guy coming to town and and he got to open for him. So I just remember, uh, you know, uh, that stand-up thing is really where it came from. I mean, for me, my earliest memories of him was being around the gold dollar. So I've known him for you know, half my life almost, you know, 20 odd years. And I remember him emceeing shows uh, specifically at the Magic Stick. Uh, I remember one, it must have been a Halloween show or something where he dressed up like um, like Count Scary, which was a, obviously Tom Ryan riffing on Count Floyd from SCTV and just dressing up in this really lame kind of, you know, Dracula outfit and introducing the bands and stuff like that. It's like one of my earliest memories of him. And then through a mutual friend, my friend Shane, she just had um, posted on Facebook, just really had a great kind of sense of him. And she's like, you know, the words were so many with this one, just countless folks have said um, what came out of his mouth wasn't always kind, but it was always honest and completely heartfelt. And whether you agreed or disagreed, Corey made you feel the power of the message. So he really, when he cared about things and it didn't matter if it was politics or comic books or movies, he stood his ground and was really strong in his opinions. Uh, one of the last Facebook messages I got from him was him talking about um, a fellow critic in town and just going, I don't understand why he likes this movie so much. Am I wrong? And just <laughs> and kind of quizzing me as to what I thought of this film and 
and things like that. So, um, you know, these things matter to him. If you didn't know Corey, you know, you could be taken aback by the strength of his opinions. But the truth is, he just, he was really passionate about it. It wasn't, there's like this line, he wasn't a contrarian. He truly was a critic. Like, he, it was a critic about what he cared about. And he had the most oddball mix of tastes. He could like really highbrow art and he could love Japanese kaiju movies. Um, and he would know uh, as much about both. And if you dared to suggest one or the other wasn't good and he thought it was or vice versa, he would just keep coming at you. Um, <laughs> to defend your position or, you know, to, to bow beneath the pressure of his, um, his opinion. And usually, especially for kaiju movies. <laughs> no, I mean, for Japanese cinema, I remember there were times where I just go, hey, I, this is, this is one area of cinema I actually am not well versed in. So I gotta, I'm just going to accept what you say. Um, <laughs> I felt like there was always this kind of, um, like he was intellectually testing you to see if you if you really did have an opinion like opinions matter to him and i think for a lot of people opinions are a casual thing um they're not usually backed up by any deep sense of um information or commitment to an idea and for Corey, you know he was always uh committed to his ideas his presence in the detroit media landscape goes back you know, so far, uh, it, you know, quite a few years with the Metro Times. And uh, it's been wonderful to talk with him here on Culture Shift over the past few years about movies. One of my favorite things to to do with Corey was just to text him like, hey, can you come up with five movies about, you know, pandemics or five movies about 70s trucker films, you know? And within within probably 30 minutes, I'd have a text just listing, you know, what we would talk about. And that was it. Nothing could stump him, you know. And and I think part of that has to do with, you know, Corey and I are roughly the same age and he grew up in Berkeley. So I know, like, I, I was on the east side. I grew up Clinton Township area. But a lot of the film geeks really came around Thomas Video. And sadly, Thomas Video, the long venerated and, and sadly... Uh, gone video store was the place like you went into this place like people went into record shops and like talked to the guy behind the desk and say look you know I've watched this let's let's go deeper and it was one of those places where you would just go in there and you would get recommendations you would talk to Jim and Gary who owned the place you would talk to the people who were in the staff I was once hired there at one point and it was just this like place where the film geeks could come together and you could get so much stuff that was either out of print or unavailable and it just became i would have to say that that's probably where the knowledge came from because you have to remember like people my age jeff's age Corey's age we all started out in the days before the internet before you could get a lot of this stuff you you like heard of tapes or somebody would get you a tape or you know so building that knowledge in your teen years and in your early 20s um it, before even dvd really <laughs> was was a challenge you really had to go out of your way you had to read these cult magazines and stuff like that and and it was just this thing like i i really kind of felt that kinship with him because i knew that i could sit down and like you were saying you know i could say you know let's let's go through you know black exploitation film or you know 70s 
you know, trucker films or whatever, you know, or it's Italian, you know, giallo films. Let's talk about Dario Argento and Lucio Fulci. And we just sit there for hours and go through it like that. I mean, it's just amazing. While you guys were going back and forth, I decided to like pull up my, um, my texts from him. <laughs> and he would sometimes text me as he walked out of a theater, <laughs> having screened a movie. The, to me, this is like vintage Corey. He he wrote, uh, "I just step. I just got out of the Joker screening. I can barely express my loathing. I was angry, miserable watching it, and I'm getting angrier thinking about writing it." <laughs> I mean, this is the, and these these would just come randomly. I wouldn't hear from him for you know a week or two, and then suddenly I'd get these mini text reviews that I knew, you know, before his review was going to come out, I already knew what direction. And then, of course, it would be funnier or more scathing um, because he had more words. He was never somebody who used his knowledge or his taste, which were very particular to him, to suggest that he knew more. They just, they were just inextricably intertwined. He, he you know, he couldn't help but bring up 12 other topics within the one topic to make his point um, because that's just kind of the way his brain worked. And I think, you know, his background in comedy lent that to it. It was this kind of improvisational style of thinking that um, he applied to just about everything. And not only that, but I think the stand-up, as you were saying, is, I know it's not a, a direct allegory, but comedians argue like attorneys you know, in a funny manner, like they can take apart an argument and build it all back together before your eyes. And I, I think that that was what he did when he saw movies as he looked at these films and said, yeah, you know, I'm going to take this apart and show you why it doesn't work, you know, or at least it doesn't work through, through my lens. And here's 10 reasons why kind of thing. And then he would surprise you because if he loves something, especially something that you 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 wouldn't have expected him to love, there would be movies we'd walk out and we'd be the only two people out of the whole critic circle that just adored the film. And then he could gush and and in a way that was super it was incredibly sincere and heartfelt and um it was clear that the art had moved him. And he, you know, he would put the same amount of energy into praising something that he would put into tearing something to pieces. Well, you guys, thank you so much for, for talking to me today. And, and you know, even just as a, uh, you know, once in a while interviewer uh, of Corey, uh, I am still pretty stunned by this news. And, and I can't imagine um, how, how you guys are feeling and his friends and family as well. It's, it's really, really quite a loss. Yeah, it's it's he was way too young and it was and and i can't imagine the loss his uh wife and family feel um just it's devastating it's uh, it's been hard over the last few days to talk to a few people who knew him really well and uh i said my my uh my thoughts and support go for them during this time That was former Metro Times movie critic Jeff Myers and Rob St. Mary, who reported on arts and culture for WDET. 
They spoke with Amanda LeClaire about Culture Shift contributor, Metro Times film critic, and comedian Corey Hall passed away over the weekend at the age of 43. He will be greatly missed, and our thoughts go out to his friends and family. It's something here on Culture Shift. We, we've had to say goodbye to a lot of people over the past year. You see the impact that these people make as a film critic for the Alternative Weekly, as a member of the alternative comedy scene here in Metro Detroit. It's really tough to put a value on people like that. And when they're gone, it's always too soon. Really going to miss Corey Hall. Going to miss that perspective here in Metro Detroit and, and miss what he brought to this show here on WDET as well. 